This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Towner on a highway to Hull. Yes, it's the warm-up episode 124. I'm your host, Brady, and I'm joined as always by Mr. Tom Bradshaw for our Hull City preview episode. Tom, how are you doing? I'm not bad, Brady. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm even better, actually, because we've got a guest this week. We are joined by the Championship Chats, Elliot Jackson. Elliot, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me back. Um, all good. Looking forward to previewing a, a Yorkshire derby. Exactly. Well, you know, again, is it? are they humber? Here's the question. We'll tap into well, they're in Yorkshire, aren't they? Yeah, yeah I don't know. That's to trip me up after 42 seconds. I'm not coming back again. They, well, are, York- they are Yorkshire. Brady's just being pedantic. I'm just obtusely pedantic. <laughs> so we can have a clip of us all shouting so it can go viral. Um, that's why I'll say some ridiculous football opinions later. Um, anyway, let's talk about this game um, because it's good to have someone who knows the stuff about Hull because, um, yeah, I do not. But what I do know is their play... They're ninth in the league and they welcome the Terriers to the MKM Stadium, having tasted defeat on home soil just once in the league this season. Uh, They did lose last time out, though. That was a 3-1 away defeat to West Brom. And they have actually won just twice in the last six games. Although, if you look at those fixtures, sorry, town fans, they they have lost to teams like Ipswich and, uh, yeah, good teams like that. So, yeah, maybe. But, um, Elliot, as the team head to Humberside, I want to ask you, I ask everyone who comes on here who's not me and Tom, um, what have you made uh, to Darren Moore's start to life as Huddersfield Town Manager? Yeah, it's not been ideal, has it? Let's let's be fair. Uh, getting pumped 4-0 at home to Cardiff is never on, on the to-do list when you come into a new football club, especially when you're 4-0 down at half-time. Losing 4-0 away at Leeds, yeah, all right, Leeds are a very good team and obviously beat Leicester on Friday night, but there is a manner to lose a derby, there is a manner to lose a football match in the Championship, and that certainly wasn't it. And some of the goals they've given up have been incredibly soft, I think it's fair to say. There is obviously extenuating circumstances with the injury list at the moment. They had seven defenders on the pitch in that starting a lineup at the weekend and six substitutes. So I do have a degree of sympathy for Darren Moore and the situation he's in at the moment in terms of the squad which wasn't a great squad, let's be honest, that he inherited 
when everyone's available. Losing Jack Radone is obviously massive. But even so, you know, prior to the weekend, you know, they've not had seven defenders on the pitch for all of Darren Moore's game. So let's put part the, the game of the weekend to aside for a minute. That he's probably not got the best out of what he has available, albeit a limited uh, group of players at the time being. Hmm. And obviously, I know you you have an active interest in, in, in Wednesday as well. Um, do you, from what you saw of his time at Wednesday, I know in the very different circumstances, do you think he can can improve on his on his mixed start um, from his time at Huddersfield? Yeah, I think so. Wednesday got better, undoubtedly, the longer he was in charge. Um, they had a very poor start when he first came in and they were sort of around 10th uh, at Christmas in his first season at the club in League One. It took him a little bit of time to really get his sort of identity. It looked a bit stodgy. It looked a bit stale at start. There was a lot of home draws against teams that Wednesday should have been beating if they wanted to be obviously getting promoted out of League One. So it got better over time. They were much better in the second half of the season. They were a top two side in the second half of the season, which saw them finish in the playoffs. Lost very narrowly to Sunderland in a very tight game, which sort of happens, doesn't it, in football. And then, of course, got 96 points last season and somehow didn't get automatically promoted and then eventually did in dramatic circumstances in the playoffs. So I think things do get better the longer he's there. I, th- I, th- I thought it was a good appointment at the time. It, it seemed sensible. And the fact they gave, I'm pretty, they gave him a three-year deal, I, th- I think it was, wasn't it, that he signed? So clearly, I would like to think the owners are not going to judge Darren Moore on the first 10 games of his tenure. He needs more time. He's not had a transfer window. And... When you sign someone up for a three-year deal with a squad in the sort of state that Huddersfield is in, in terms of quality, in terms of the age profile, in terms of contracts, you're going to have to give it until, you know, maybe this time next year, really, to to give a fair appraisal, in my opinion, because he needs the summer in his January, first of all, to get some quality in, to get them, you know, further away from the relegation zone. And then he needs the summer to rebuild, to try and, get this team moving upwards in the championship table, clear out the deadwood, sign some players that he wants that fits his style. And then maybe 10, 15 games into next season, we'll have a fairer judgment of where this Darren Moore project is going. Mm. Patience. We don't like that, Tom. Um, Nobody does. That's football fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't disagree with, with what you said time. Um, but, you know, me and Tom got some comments after uh, maybe saying patience is needed. So uh, I'm used to get it's like Duffy, don't matter to me. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. That's what we like to hear. Um, Tom, it was a battling nil-nil draw at home. Elliot uh, touched on it there, uh, and you said yourself on WhatsApp, "You're raring to go about this uh, for this record." What about the game? Are you raring to go with a trip to Hull City? Um, I think it's going to be the most difficult trip to Hull um, for us in a long time. To be fair. Um, uh so i'm not really looking forward to it i think do you know what i really really enjoyed really enjoyed that sounds this rich coming talking about the game at the weekend and enjoying it but it was nice to see more set up to to not concede you know early on it was a nice sensible display um i think the problem with those those big defeats is it just took him too long to change it and it was like we were what three two or three down within half an hour and then he makes a change and it tightens things up a bit but um saturday was a really good example that if you set people up in the right way you can be solid defensively and 
get a result out of it. I think, I mean, it was um, for a nil as nil nil goes. I, I actually thought it was quite a, a decent game for two right. teams for two teams down at the bottom. Do you know what I mean? Um, there were there was the odd chance. It was quite there was a bit of a bit of end to end at points. Um, but I mean, what what I take from it is that um, those lads who maybe. I have been a bit critical of this year and called a bit naive some of the younger lads who who aren't actually that young. We we still see them as this young B team players when actually this this is a season a lot of them are that age where you think, right, if you're wanting to make it at this level, you've got to now step up and, and do it. And I although Watford aren't looking all good this year, I think a few of them made a good account for themselves and um and played sensibly and, and made right decisions. So that's what I take going into this um, this whole game. If if we're going to be quite depleted again, I mean, luckily there'll be a few coming back, but you're still going to see a lot of those young lads having to step up. And if they can go in with that kind of mindset of, of last weekend, you never know, Brady. You never know. That was very positive and refreshing, Tom. Um, I actually couldn't, I was going to go to the game. I couldn't make it last minute. Um, so my stepdad's analysis was he picked a good game not to go to. Uh, so... <laughs> Well done for uh, polishing um, what he considered a turd there. Yeah. So, um, i tell you what's not a turd, though, uh, is uh, Tom's History Corner. Tom, are you ready to wow? Oh, segue that in. I'll tell you what's not a turd. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful stuff, Brady. Tom's History Corner. So, yeah, History Corner this week. Um, I mean, I've already touched on it. Town have been very lucky against Hull in the past. So, Town are actually unbeaten in their last seven meetings against Hull. Um, only drawing twice as well. And that's since... So, so Hull haven't beaten Town since 2015. Um, we have played each other 59 times. Town on top, 26 wins, 12 draws, 21 losses. Um so we've got the edge. We've got historic edge there. First meeting over 100 years ago. Town won 1-0 in uh, 1911, Brady, at uh, uh, Leeds Road. Scotsman's, Scotsman James Richardson with the only goal of the game. And the last game, obviously, it was, um, I don't know if you remember, last-minute heartbreak, wasn't it? Uh, Hull snatching a point against us. Um, it, was a, it was a bit of a, a turning of tides moment for Hull, I think. I think Rich... Um, it's Liam Richards. Richardson, isn't it? Is it Richard? Liam, no. Yeah. Rossini. Rossini. Liam Richardson. Yeah, I've got Richardson written down. Rossini. It was kind of like a Rossini moment, wasn't it? Of, um, I think Hull fans were really getting behind him and, and realising they potentially got something here. Um, sorry, I think there's some dogs. Dog action. <laughs> My dogs are running around outside. Sorry about that. Um, I, was I was worrying what your phrasing was going to be there when you said the dog action. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Go. Um, yeah, and then Hull got that point, didn't they? Um, and I kind of like the the pressure really building on Fotheringham after that. I remember um, Hellick with the only goal for town as well. Um, the biggest result in this fixture was a 5-2 win, which was also over 100 years ago, 1912. Um, fires were two, Howie, McCauley and Bullock scoring for Town. Um, and Town's kit that season, Brady, majority white kit with a little oh. bit of blue tr upper trim and everyone's favourite, black socks. And then played for both, we have, um, well, we, we've gone for a few managers this week as well. Um, Brian Horton, um, mm -hmm. 
manage both teams. Fraser Campbell played for both very recently. Then we've got the Brucey boys. We've got Alex Bruce playing for both. Alex Bruce again popping up. I, can't, I still can't get over that he played for town. And then obviously Steve Bruce managing yeah. both. Um, and then finally, Steve Harper. What a goalkeeper. Oh, yeah. um, on loan for town. I remember everyone absolutely buzzing. Uh, shame we couldn't really uh, keep him around for a bit longer. And then he, I think he might have finished his career at Hull, potentially. It was it was definitely in the last stages of his career. Um, and that's your history corner this week. Very well done, sir. Uh, I have to say, Alex Bruce getting a mention on this podcast far more than he needs to. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, managers is a good shout, actually, because, um, yeah, you were struggling to fill the team sheet. We played for both. Uh, Fred Campbell also probably getting the most famous assist, you would argue, in Hull City's history, the uh, the Dean Whitehead winner in the playoff final. Windass, God, we're Dean terrible Dean in names today, aren't we? Very different. God, this is why we don't do podcasts. <laughs> We've got Liam Richardson and Dean Dean Wired. Uh, okay, Elliot, we'll we'll hand it over to a professional now while me and Tom compose ourselves. Um, what can you tell us about Hull, the current Hull, and the job Liam Senior's doing? Yeah, Liam Richardson's doing a great job at Hull. <laughs> um, no, no, just, yeah, they're, they're going well. I think myself and George were a little bit pessimistic on our podcast when we did our preseason predictions, but of course that was before. The window had shortened. They had a really, really good end to the transfer window, signing in particular Jaden Philogene, who's who's been absolutely fantastic for them. Five million pounds was a big investment um, for any championship club, and you do you know you you do wince a little bit when you see clubs that don't have parachute payments in today's um, financial climate in the second tier spending that sort of money on a young England under twenty one international. But it's the type of profile of player in the championship that's that's really winning games for teams this season, that wide forward that can score goals, can take people on. And I think that's why we've seen a lot more teams transition from three at the back to to playing sort of four three three with those wide forwards that can step in and score goals. And Philogene is by far their their best player. They got Scott Twine in on loan from Burnley as well, which was quite eye catching. He's not quite, you know, he's not quite hit top form yet. He didn't play pretty much missed entirety of last season through injuries and couldn't get in the team when he was available because of how well Burnley were doing. So he's still getting up to full speed, but they've, they've got some players sort of in, they play a 4-2-3-1 and in the, the the three behind the central striker, they've got some good options there. Aaron Connolly was in really good form before he got injured um, in the last month or so. Liam Delap's done better there than he did um, in his loan spells last year with Stoke and with uh, Preston North End. So they've, they've had a good start to the season. Obviously, they lost to West Brom at the weekend um, and they lost recently to Southampton with a late winner at home. Home form's not been amazing. They've dropped quite a lot of points in terms of just draws against teams that I think if you want to be a top six side, you would hope to be beating. Um, a lot of scrappy draws, Plymouth, um, trying to think Bristol City as well. They, they dropped points in that one as well. So I think they'll with no disrespect, see Huddersfield coming at the weekend as a team, obviously near the bottom of the table. And again, be expecting if you want to be a team that's going to make that jump from sort of that stodgy mid-table pack into the top six, you'd be targeting games like Huddersfield at home to try and get the three points. So I don't know if Philogene's going to be fit. He uh, he missed the game at the weekend with a muscle injury. So no surprise they then went and lost because he has been so influential for them. I don't think it's a big injury. So might be a bit touch and go whether he plays against Huddersfield, but it's, it will be a big boost for town if he's not available because he's very much their star man at the moment. Hmm. 
and Jim, obviously we touched on on the manager, if we can get his name right, but he was very, you know, he was considered um, very highly thought of at Derby, you know, obviously seemed like he helped Rooney out a lot during that. I mean, what what do you kind of make of him as a manager? Because I think he, you know, from the outside view, um, for me, he, he looks quite impressive and maybe, maybe one to watch. Yeah, definitely. He speaks really well. He's a good communicator. Uh, he was credited a lot with Derby's sort of patterns of play and and the the stuff on the on the training pitch. He was very central to that when Rooney was in charge at Derby. Um, and then he's obviously made a career for himself. He, he had a short stint at Derby as their manager before they went and got Paul Warren. But he was clearly very highly rated. So it's not often that you leave a League One club because it wasn't sacked, but ultimately they felt like they could get an upgrade from what was on the market. And then you land a championship job with one of the bigger budgets in the division, I would say, certainly. Uh, Ajahn Elishai has, has chucked a lot of money at Hull City since he came in, the, uh, the Turkish Simon Cowell, as he's known. And, you know, there's not many teams that have spent £5 million on a, on a player um, in, the, in, in the summer, certainly outside those parachute payment clubs. So he's landed a good job. I think, I think the club is, is on the up in general because of how badly treated it was under the Allen family. It was unloved, whereas um, Ilish Kai's come in, spent some money, and really rejuvenated the atmosphere around the club. They were getting really poor attendances. Now they're hitting consistently above the 20,000 mark, which for a, a rugby town, as it's still uh, still judged to be, is pretty good going for Hull City. So, yeah, I think Rosinha's done really well. Um, me and George say we're pessimistic about the squad rather than Rosinha. We both quite liked Rosinha and, and his chances, but we didn't think the squad was good enough. They then did go and spend some money, did inject some quality into it. So I'm I'm not surprised that they're uh, sort of in and around sort of upper mid table, which I, I think they're they're upwardly mobile. I think they've got some good players, and and I'm, and I think they've got the right profile of players for Rossini to develop because he's clearly got a talent of working with young players, getting a tune out of them. And uh, yeah, I think I've seen reports this morning as well that he, I think his current contract's 25, 2025 with the option of uh, of extending that by a year, but they're already looking to extend that further because a few other clubs are sniffing around. So. Yeah, we're seeing you definitely want to watch and, and certainly very well thought of in footballing circles. Um, well, there you go. Um, and Elliot, that was very uh, very thoughtful and very insightful. Uh, I'm going to move on because that sounds really positive and we want to talk about the negatives of Holt. So, Tom, hopefully, <laughs> in the fan phone-in, um, they maybe covered that because who did you catch up with this week? I don't I don't think I'm... It's all pretty jolly at Hull at the moment compared to last season, Brady. But yeah, I spoke to Ant from um, to Hull and back, um, and here's that conversation now. Hello, this is Tom Bradshaw, and you're listening to the Fan Phoning. Hello, caller. Tell us about your team. Hi, Ant. Thanks for coming on. Tell us about Hull's season last year. Uh, last season was a mixed bag. We started the season an absolute basket case under Shotter Avaladze. Um, we couldn't score goals, would concede two or three goals a game and we're just a, a disorganised mess. Um, signed 20-odd players in the summer and you could tell it was just a squad that was thrown together overseas. Um, players that you know hadn't experienced a championship before, an inexperienced manager at this level. Um an, an overexcited new owner probably just threw everything at it in the first, you know, season of full season of being an owner and thought that you know it would reap instant benefits and, and we know that doesn't happen at this level and and that showed last season. But obviously, uh, Avaladze ended up being sacked, was near the relegation zone, worst defence in the league. Uh, then Liam Rosini obviously came in. Well, Andy Dawson was interim, steadied the ship, and then Rosini came in full time and 
Um, you know, we went from strength to strength, really. If, if, if we'd have had more goals in the squad and, and injuries hadn't been so harsh on us last season, I think, you know, we probably could have done a little bit more under Rosinia, but we ended up staying up comfortably and became very hard to beat. Uh, became the fifth best defence in the league, I think, overall. And, you know, we haven't lost very many. Uh, and and that was the solid foundation we all, you know, wanted to see by the end of the season in order to build on for this season. So well, we ended up staying up comfortably, which, you know, under Avaladze looked like a hard task. Um, so, yeah, credit to Rosinia. And how do you feel things are going this season for the Tigers? Uh, this season, I'd, I'd say we're just about where we expected to be. Um, I think we're, we're capable of being a top six side, um, it just comes down to consistency and, you know, obviously a bit of luck with injuries and, um, you know, we've got a very young side that they're being experienced a bit naive and, and decision-making can be poor sometimes, but, um, but we, we, we've definitely got that potential there and, you know, we, 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 we've, we're still in and around the top six, I think we're only a couple of points off and, um, again, similar to last season, we've made ourselves hard to beat, but we've got more goals in us this year and, I just feel like you know we're 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 nearly there. Um, if we can get a full strength squad back out there, you know we keep getting a few good runs going, and then a key player gets injured. It started off with two fan, you know he got injured on the back of four goals early on in the season, and then Regan Slayer to gets a couple of goals gets injured, and then Jaden Philogene he gets a couple of goals gets injured. And we just keep having this sort of stop start to our season, and I just feel like if we'd have had a consistent starting eleven, um, you know we 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 might be a little bit higher in the league. So. Yeah, definitely um, in a position that we all expected to be in and um, would have taken before the season started. And I just think we might go from strength to strength, hopefully. Sounding good on Humberside then, mate. Um, Tell us about any standout players for Hull at this moment in time. Uh, The standout player for us this season is definitely Jaden Philogene. Um, He's absolutely outstanding. Um, He's... He was a mystery winger that that was rumoured to be signing for us for a long time. Uh, the owner was teasing him for a long time. You know, the the press were saying, you know, we're, we're chasing this winger from the Premier League, unnamed, can't name him, all this and that. It turns out we signed him for for a permanent fee of five million quid. Um, how we managed to do that is beyond me. Villa have a buyback clause, but only activates if we're in the same league, and there's, there's different stipulations to it. So he is our player permanently. Um, and he's just it's so exciting. He's so direct, fast. He goes either way. Absolute nightmare for fullbacks and defenders. And, you know, he's probably the most exciting player I've seen in a whole City shirt since the Premier League days. You know, back in the days of Giovanni and, and uh, Tom Huddleston, players like that, that just technically are just, you know, superior to, to pretty much everybody else on the pitch. And he sticks out like a sore thumb because quality-wise, he's absolutely amazing. And, you know, he, he should be a, 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 a Premier League side playing regularly. Uh, but he's not, he's here with us and we're going to enjoy him while he's here. He's absolutely fantastic and if he's on form, um, whoever your fullback is, he's, he's going to have a tough day. So yeah, hopefully he's back from injury and, and, and he plays against Huddersfield because I feel like he could be that little creative lock, um, well, creative key, sorry, that, that that could pick up out Huddersfield who I think will, will come to the MKM and make themselves strong, resolute and try and keep us out. Sounds like he could be a bit of trouble for town on Saturday. So... Some fans may need to uh, have a bit of a pre-match drink to prepare for the game. Where would you suggest they could go and uh, have a little tipple? Uh, good away pubs. Um, three very, very close. I think you, we're, we're, we're a good football club in terms of 
um you know having some boozers near the stadium um you know the train and and the bus station is 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 only a 10 minute walk from the stadium as well so there's plenty of weatherspoons around there like the admiral of humber too um hull cheese is down there um you've got the new walton club brickmakers boot boot room um there's there's plenty of pubs that that away fans can go into um you know i think a couple might need away colors to be covered but they're okay with you being in there um just double check obviously before and i think the away guide probably has it on there um but yeah there's, there's there's plenty around nice one mate and finally what is your prediction for saturday uh, my prediction for Saturday might probably be a little bit pessimistic compared to most City fans because, um, for me, I'm well aware of how much of a bogey team Huddersfield are for us, no matter how bad they're playing. Um, I just think that we've got too much this season. I do I do think that this this will be a game that we win, um, especially if Jaden Philogene's available. I, I think it'll be a tough game. It definitely won't be a walkover. Um, I think you'll come and, and, and make yourself strong, resolute, probably sit deep, try and hit us on the counter. Um, and we tend to struggle in those games, you know, where there's a low block. We 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 don't tend to 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 be the most creative side, and we we prefer teams to come at us and then we hit them on the counter. So you know, it could be a a day where we just kind of have all the possession, and do nothing with it. Um, but in saying that, I do think that we've got a lot of quality on that pitch. Jaden Philogene, Liam Delap, Damatrore, John Michael Seri. Um, you know, there's there's players there. Scott Twine, it's so dangerous. Um, in and around the box, there's on two fans there. Aaron Connolly, you know, we've got a lot of goals in the team. I just feel like this season, um, I think this will be a win for Hull. I, I do think we'll win um, two nil. Yeah, last few years Town have proved a difficult opponent for Hull, so you probably had your win, um, sometime soon. Thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, see you soon. And there we go. Yeah, a lot different compared to last year. I remember speaking to him last year and it was all about, because um, obviously we, when we played them that second time, um, they were they were just about clawing themselves out of it, weren't they? But it was still one of those. It was like if we ended up beating them, we'd have probably just dragged them back into it. Um, and I think I, everything that Elliot said there, I mean, he, he has done a, a, a pretty decent job really, hasn't he? I mean, he, the, the, he came in, he he steadied them last season, kept them up, really. They they were down there at one point and then they were kind of clear by um by March, I feel like. Um it's quite probably quite an exciting time to be a Hull fan, I think now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, let, hopefully we'll play some teams that are having it equally as bad as us. That'll that'll cheer me up. Um something that will cheer us up, Tom, uh, as always, is it's it's quite a question time. <laughs> The question we asked this week, um, this probably, <laughs> on reflection, it's probably won't cheer us up, uh, but we asked uh, the listeners, what are you hoping for now between uh, now and January for Huddersfield Town? Uh, so I'm going to ask I'm going to ask Tom, going to ask Elliot, um, and I'll read the listeners first. So uh, quite a few ones for this. Um, I was kind of expecting this answer. <laughs> uh, but Anthony Davis, Nick Barlow and Stephen Lawrence, they all say a miracle. Uh, Jacob Rogers says, to show some fight and pick up enough points to be in and around safety before January, we can't be cut adrift again. I'm not sure Warnock would even come back. And uh, HCAFC Dream says, just keep out the bottom three by January. So, yeah, a um, bit, bit realistic, I think it's fair to say, Tom. Um, what, what are you hoping for between now and 
January because I, I do feel like we've talked about this a lot, but it's just get to the window and get some players, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think this is um, oh, this is depressing, isn't it? I'm like, I'm like, this is um, me being optimistic. Is like, as long as we're outside the bottom three, like if we're in the same position, if we're just above the bottom three, I'd be very happy come January. But I think mainly, I, I want to see a really. I just want to see what more is playing consistently. Do you know what I mean? I want to see a consistent plan. I think I think I gave him the benefit of the doubt before the international break and it was kind of like, oh yeah, he's just learning who these players are, getting to know the team, trying stuff out. And then I thought, surely when we come back from that, we'll see something a bit more solid and a bit more, kind of, a, there's a bit more of an idea there. And we haven't really. So I think by January, definitely, I'd I'd like to see everything just have settled down a little bit more. And um, maybe I've, I don't know if the players have have been have had a bit of a hangover with um, Warnock as well, potentially. So just see that gone potentially. And I, I'm not saying they're not playing for Darren Moore, but I just want to see a bit more. Do you know a bit more team? Team togetherness there as well um, would be nice. And, yeah, just being in and around it, still have a chance to stay up. <laughs> yeah, fair. No, I think that's a good point. I mean, what we've had, is it five managers in the last 18 months? Yeah. So there's probably, there is a blend of, because we've had Carlos, it's very different. Neil's very different. Had uh, Danny Schofield trying to be different. Didn't work. Mark Fotheringham, let's not talk about that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's a good point. I, I, uh, I'm i kind of with you. I think ideally in an ideal situation i'm not necessarily saying this will happen but you almost want a flip of carlos's first season because we started really well and obviously faded yeah. away ideally you want to get to a point like you say where we get to january you kind of can see some things and hopefully you know Radoni's back we have because we've got quite a few injuries at the moment yeah. um something to build on and then yeah hopefully I, I, we've talked about this but we need a window like we had in the danny cowley January transfer window where we get like a Smith Rowe type mm. online, we get some experienced players in just to shore it up. Because um, yeah, I mean we say this every week, but that's that's kind of what you're hoping for. Um, Elliot, what about yourself? What do you think Huddersfield need to do now? Um, do you do you think between now and January? Do you think just being out the bottom three is, is probably all we can hope for, given the the squad? I think it's realistic. I think that's. It's a really, it's really grim, isn't it? But realistically, you just want to tick down the games and still not be in the bottom three. And that's, I know that's not an enthusiastic place to be as a football supporter, whoever you follow. But it is just try and get to January because I don't see the what what what's going to change really. Because even obviously the injury crisis is is obviously at its its peak right now, and that will hopefully improve. But they just haven't got any sort of depth, you know, if Jack Radoni's out for a long period of time, they haven't got anyone that can come in with that quality because they haven't spent the money. So I think for me, it would be got to be more solid and, and more like Saturday as, as grim as the match might have been and less like Cardiff at home where you're 4-0 down at half time. And, and as I said to Brady off air, you know, you probably are going to lose games like Leeds United away, but you don't need to be 4-0 down at half-time. Mm -hmm. There is a way to lose it, particularly when you throw in the fact that that's obviously a West Yorkshire derby. So they need to be more competitive. Of course, they do like they were at the weekend, but it would be wrong for me 
to say they need to start playing more expansive football and things like that because they haven't got the players to do it. The manager hasn't got a track record of doing that either in terms of his style of play, but they can be more competitive. And I do think Darren Moore has the, has the skill set to make a championship team competitive. So he needs a bit of luck on the injury front and just just time. And that's really boring and it's not a sexy thing to say, but unfortunately, when you haven't got the biggest budget in the league and you're trying to limp through to January and you've got, so many fixtures and a, and a you know such a tight squad that is you know realistic and the best Huddersfield can hope for. What what is good is you've got three teams below them, two of which are a bas- basket case in Sheffield Wednesday and Queens Park Rangers, and one of which who are in a very similar point uh, position like Huddersfield in Rotherham United, where they're at the max trying to stay up. Now Huddersfield have got a better squad than Rotherham, of course they have when everyone's fit. So there are three worst teams, two of which. Um, are you know it's off field as much as on pitch, which is causing them issues, which which is probably a good thing, really. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fair. I think um, it's interesting, isn't it, Tom? Doing these every week, I feel like people are maybe unfortunately reaching that conclusion um, that that's kind of you know what we just need to accept. But like Elliot says, it's it's not sexy at all, is it? Yeah, I think time is massive in it. I think for once, let's just well. Let's not mess it up. Give the lad some time and um, hope things change. And then hope if it does get better, that he sticks around and he, and he's, and he gets the, the tools that he's needed. Because we've had a number of issues with managers in the last few years, haven't we? And um, yeah, for once, it'd be nice to have a manager for yeah, a couple of seasons, two or three seasons. <laughs> but only if they're good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep Darren Moore to take us down to League Two. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, exactly right. Um, something that is good, though, because I realise my positives haven't been uh, maybe the, the best here, but um, something that is good is you can get 10% off uh, any online orders that you do with our sponsors, Magic Rock Brewing. So you know where to go. You head to www.magicrockbrewing.com, enter our code AHTTC10, and you get 10% off your all your online orders. So if you're going up to Hull, get it ordered now and you can take them with you on the journey up. Lovely stuff, right? We're going to take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk more about Huddersfield Town. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, lads, so let's get stuck into it. Uh, I did a little poll uh, before this one, which was, again, probably not bringing the good vibes. I'll, um, we'll try and uh, shoe on some good vibes in. But uh, ahead of the preview show, we asked you, would you take a season of just staying up if improvements were made to the stadium and match day experience? Um, so uh, 23% said, yes, I probably would. Uh, 33% said, no, improve the squad. 
and 44% thought this would be the answer, said can't they do both? Um, yeah, hopefully <laughs> in an ideal world. Uh, Lee Morris said the only thing that really improves match day experience is results on the pitch. Nick Barlow says no point in improving the match day experience if the football is so bad that no one bothers to turn up anymore. It needs to go hand in hand. And Adam McDonald said should be both. The football business and business business should be some degree independent of each other. Um, no surprises there, Tom. But um, what I don't know. What, what do you think of it all? Um, I feel like we we kind of touched on this last week, and um, they're doing the the quick and easy things are the match day stuff. Really, this is stuff that we actually have more control. Like the new like new guys have more control over than than how f- the football is on the field. I think so. For me. Um, I I'd take it. I take it all day long. Um, if we stay up, but this season is a, you see, better things happening off the field. I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, your dog seems to disagree. But, um... Yeah, I know. I know he's not happy with it. He's more out. He won. Yeah, he just cares about the football. That's all he cares about. It's like, long of fucking winning. <laughs> um, well, Elliot, because obviously for for your job covering Blackburn Rovers, you travel up and down the country. Um. What does a good match day experience like look like? Because you've you've been to a few rounds this season, haven't you? Yeah, um, it's really difficult. It's so hard to generate a good match day experience because it's got to be organic. And of course, you can do things as a football club that give you a better chance. But I don't think it's the sort of thing where you can just there's not like a, a script to follow and it automatically works. So you've got to have the buy in, and it's got to feel organic. You've got to listen to supporters think having meetings with supporters trusts and things like that are obviously a great place to start to try and build that base because it's probably very difficult for the people that are upstairs making the decisions to know what a fan wants on a match day because they're not there that's not the position they're in so you've got to speak to people that actually are experiencing it and um, have got a voice to explain what what they want and why Um, I went to Ipswich probably six weeks ago now and I was really taken back by how busy there pre-match um like fan park was so the way that uh portman road is it's got the hotel on the right hand side and as you come through the main gates to go into the reception massive almost like field um in front of the ground like grass area it's probably a better way it's not a field there's not like cows stood to the right hand side and they've got just like ice cream trucks out loads of food places Lots of families are there, um, beer stalls, all those sort of things. And it was absolutely rammed. And I, I think I think what Tom said was really right, that ultimately, if results are shit off the pitch and you're losing, getting beaten 4-0 by Cardiff every week, then it doesn't matter how good your hot dogs are, you're going to not get that buy-in. The atmosphere is going to be poor. So I do think that's part of it. And Ipswich, obviously, in the fact that they're pretty much having the best calendar year of any football club with the way they got promoted in League One and, and the way they've started this season in the Championship. Obviously, it adds to that. But there's definitely things you can do to, to try and enable that as well. But I do think it's I do think results drive it, ultimately. And, and there's got to be a desire to want to be at the stadium. And if, if the football's rubbish, then that desire to be there isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to happen. And therefore, you're going to struggle to generate that, that experience. That's not to say that football clubs should be lazy. And there's a lot that are and that take the easy road little bits of stadium maintenance and things like that can go a long way. But yeah, I do think in terms of generating a consistent and um, yeah, consistent match day experience and those sort of things, it it is linked to results ultimately, especially when you're trying to start one up 
from scratch. It's very hard to do when you're in the championship uh, bottom five. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. But I do have to say, like I think, we, like you say, Tom, we talked about this last week. I, I think the, the improvements they have made, you, I absolutely agree, the quick wins, but I, I think they've been long, long overdue. And, you know, if you are in um, like Kevin Nagel's position and you want to make a quick, good impression, I think you can point to that that stuff. And yeah, the fan zone, you know, I know um, ultimately it's just in one of the car parks, but still, it, you know, there's, there was good options and stuff to do there. It was quite busy. Was there before the Cardiff game? Um, I'm sure it wasn't super busy afterwards, which is fair enough. But um, yeah, that's it's exactly right. It is results, isn't it? Like you've got to give us a, a reason to as good. You want a good experience when you're there, um, but ultimately, like you want to give people. You're not a going to the van zone, are you? You're going to the football, so no. it, 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 they, they do. They are linked. Ultimately, they do go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, let's let's hope you know when we're talking about this in February, Tom. Uh, we're going to have not only fantastic food but good players to match. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, coming back to the players then. Um, what, Elliot? What in terms of what Huddersfield can do in this one? Obviously, we talked about some of the injuries. The squad is a bit thin, but we should have hopefully Hoggy back um, after his suspension. Keen Harrod should be back. Um, what can Huddersfield do to kind of? hurt this Paul City team? Stay in the game, be competitive, um, not have seven defenders on the pitch would be a, a good start. Although I suppose swapping Edmunds Green in holding midfield for Jonathan Hogg is not exactly, it's not any more attacking really, is it, I suppose. But yeah, I think if, they, if, they, if, they, if they're so limited and obviously what they've got available, then can they, you know, play two actual strikers up front? I know they've obviously played Berzog and um, Karoma as split strikers when they were playing in the early weeks under Darren Moore, so I suppose you, you kind of could argue they're playing two strikers, but they're not really, are they? They're wingers. They're not. They're not number nine. So if you've only got Hudlin and Harrit available, why don't you play them both and and just pack them in field? Because even the wing backs that you're playing, you know, they're not exactly wingers, are they? So you're quite defensive. Unless Sober Thomas, I suppose, plays a right wing back, but I think just try and get some more attacking players on the pitch. But you know, if you've got Pearson, Lee's, uh, Hellick. That's rock solid, isn't it? Like those are three bread and butter centre halves who are good enough to play in the um, in the championship. So build around that and build it as a base. But I think if they, they go with obviously it depends what the, the injury situation is. But if they go with a sort of similar team, it's going to be another stodgy performance. And if they've got someone like Philogene, I would fancy Hull to, to be able to break that down. So they've got to look at what they've got the other end of the pitch as well. You know, I'm not suggesting they go and play 4-3-3 and try and play expansive football because that's not what Huddersfield have got the players to do, nor have they been coached to do. But you can have a little bit more of an attacking threat, I think, and that, that's got to be the way to go. And there's nothing to say that Huddersfield can't go and hurt them and get a, get a set piece, get themselves in front and get something from the game. Yeah, yeah, no, I think um summed it up quite well for me. Tom, anything you want to add, I suppose... Um... Are you expecting much from this one, or would you again? Would you kind of just be happy with a draw, given it? To oh me? yeah, 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 yeah. Massively happy with a draw, a way draw, clean another clean sheet would be awesome to see. Because um, I, I know as um, as boring as Saturday was, um, we'd limited them. We did limit them. I mean, they had they had a very good chance right at the end, but Tom Lee's made that amazing defensive header. Um, but other than that, I don't, I don't really remember them having a, a really good kind of chance. Um, so if we can kind of keep it boring. I always think that 
away as well is even better because it starts to get the home fans on the back. And when when you're when you're at home and it's like that, and you can't. I think town fans on Saturday. I thought town fans on Saturday were pretty decent because I think they appreciated how depleted the squad was and um, realised what the job they were trying to do. So if we can take that to Hull, Hull fans will get on their back and hopefully it only only would mean positive things for town um, if you had, uh, whatever, 18,000 Hull fans getting on their players' back and all that. So um, I'd, I'd say, do you know who I thought was brilliant and stepped up on Saturday really stepped up to a kind of a bit of a leadership role when when we're lacking that um was Sauber Thomas I thought he played absolutely brilliant and if he can keep that up because he he did more than what he usually does do you know what I mean I think I think without Hoggy and Rudone you really noticed that he was he was kind of going above and beyond and I thought his defensive work was really good as well so if we can get a really good run out of him it could um it could really help us in especially creating more chances um, which which we're struggling with a bit at the moment. Yeah, so Sober's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because um, I think he's probably, I I think since Darren Moore's come in, I think he's the one where you've, you've seen a change. You know, he seems to have just like, you know, taken on that more responsibility. And it's funny because, you know, under Carlos and stuff, he was just such a, I wouldn't say it was a freak, but his set pieces were so on point, but he didn't really... <laughs> offer much and yeah. going you know in terms of anything else really but under here like at the moment obviously we're in a bit of a, a difficult situation with the injuries in the squad but he seems to really be putting the, the graft in like you say and, and working really hard um I was at the the Leeds game away unfortunately but he I think he was one of the very few players who emerged with any credit he was still trying stuff he was trying to help out his teammates so I think he's done really well and Elliot I suppose I wanted to ask you because obviously you covered him during his uh, his spell at, at Rovers. He's a bit of an interesting one. I, I just wanted to get your your take on him um, in that outside perspective. Yeah, it's interesting. He started really well at Rovers. He started like his first seven games or something like that. Did quite well. It was quite a good tactical fit with the way Rovers play because they they do very they get very much the Manchester City style where it's three two five in build up and the right back or. Well, it was the right back at the time, moves into midfield. So, Sober Thomas was, was down that right side sort of on his own a little bit at the time, which which suits him considering he's playing in a wing-back role previously at Huddersfield and obviously he's doing so this season. So, started really well and then he just completely drifted out of the team and I don't know if there was a bit of a falling out. There was a few suggestions, little comments from Thompson that maybe he wasn't training to his maximum and the loan sort of fizzled out. But when he was playing, he was playing quite well and Rovers' results were good and then he sort of just, it was a bit of a weird one, just fell out the team and equally the results dropped off. Not that I'm suggesting that was to do with Sober Thomas, but I thought it was a better fit when he was in the team from a tactical point of view without him necessarily doing anything too magical. But then, yeah, he just, just fell out of the team and it, it feels like his career has drifted over this last couple of seasons considering where he was under Carlos Carbran and, and, you know, you were thinking Premier League clubs would be coming sniffing relatively soon, probably have one more season at Huddersfield and then um, Premier League clubs would be looking and then in complete opposite, ends up out on loan at Blackburn from a team that's obviously looked like they were doomed to get relegated. Um, and then you also were thinking with some of the comments that Neil Warnock had made about wanting, wishing he was in the squad, you thought, it right, well, he's going to go back to Huddersfield and have a really good fist of it and make a good start and sort of been a bit in and out of the team as well. So it's not until Darren Moore's come in that he's mm. had a bit more of a consistent run of games. So I kind of think at this point of 
of time, can all those managers be wrong? Or is there a point where Sorba just needs to kind of pull himself together a little bit and grab things by the scruff of the neck and really show some consistency to show that he is the championship player that we all thought he was after that amazing year he had under Corbram? Mm. Well, I always remember Neil, Neil Warnock saying he could fall out in a room with himself. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's good to see under Moore. And, uh, you know, to be honest, Tom, like you said, we need leaders. And I think if whatever Moore's doing is it, working and more of it, I, you also touched on performances and positives. I thought Ben Jackson was pretty good on Saturday yeah. as well. Um, and he's a weird one, isn't he? He's always been on the fringes. I think maybe, you know, he's, again, I think Simon was talking about it on the, the, the review of the game at the weekend, but I'd kind of like to see him get a run because he's very versatile and I think it kind of, hampers him a little bit because he can play in multiple positions and no one knows where he's good where he's really good uh, so you know obviously unfortunately Edwards isn't probably going to get a look at right back anytime soon so um yeah maybe maybe worth sticking with him for a couple of games um I think but let's talk about match predictions for this one then um Tom I'll, I'll come to you because you were nodding in agreement so I'll let you have the honour of going first uh what are you predicting for this one um well I mean if we can keep the likes of what is it Connolly the lap two fan um and if um what's his philogene is that how you say it elliot Jaden Philogene. yeah if he if he's not playing then um maybe we'll maybe we'll nick a nil nil um i i mean I, i've do you know what I, god i'd be happy if town only lost like two nil two one one nil because it's i i just think this is a difficult difficult game just the kind of don't know. They they've just got a better squad. They've got better players at the moment that are fit. Um, Hog Hog might make a massive difference. To be honest, um, in this, if he, I think that's one thing we lacked against Watford was just someone just a little bit dirty to uh, break it up a bit more. And um, like I said, if we can make it frustrating and annoying for them, then you never know. But I'll go. I'll go um, positively. I'll go one all, and I will say I'm going to say. Um, Kyle Hudlin get his first league goal. Oh wow, what a sight that would be! Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick. I had it written down, so I'm not stealing this. I, I was also going one all. I, I just feel like we have, like you say, we have a bit of an okay record against Tottenham. That game, um, it was a Fotheringham game, wasn't it? Like how the hell they didn't beat us <laughs> and yeah. they had to get an equaliser right at the end. So um, yeah, maybe it's just something something there. We've had some good results there before. The Toffler one obviously springs to mind. Uh, in that playoff final reaching season. So, yeah, I'm going to go one all. And I think um, we've we've talked about it a lot of this podcast, but there's not a lot of threat. So, I think it's going to be a set-piece threat. Uh, I'm going to go Helic to add to his tally because, I mean, he, despite <laughs> despite everyone else, he looks like he can score when he's uh, near goal. So, yeah, why not stick him up front? <laughs> um, Elliot, what about yourself? What are you predicting for this one? I think Hull will win. Is my no. honest opinion. No, that's um, fine. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, no. I think if if Philogene's fit, he's going to be the premium player on the pitch. But even if he's not, you've got Twine, you've got Tufan, you've got Adama Traore. No, not that Adama Traore, a different one. Um, available, the lap. I don't know if Connor. I don't think Connolly's fit, but they've they've got options, and Huddersfield just don't have that same luxury. Um, so I, I'm going to go for a two 0 Hull City win. Okay, well that's fine to do that, but obviously we hope you're wrong. Um, so we will uh, we will move on for the final time because we did the mailbag is back because we have a question. 
You've got mail. Oh my God, Tom, are you excited? So excited. Come on, then fire away. Good. It's not for us. Uh, it's for no. us. <laughs> um, Jay Bentley, he asks, um, uh, just specifically to you, Elliot, he says, what's the perception of Huddersfield Town uh, from your outside perspective? It's sometimes hard to get an accurate read when we're so close to it. I expect we aren't seen as well run or a total basket case, but confirmation that we aren't a complete mess to outsiders would be nice. Um, how about it? The floor is yours, Elliot. Yeah, I think that's probably quite a fair summary. I think that ultimately there's been a lot of uncertainty off the pitch, so securing the, the future of the club's been important, which they've obviously managed to do with the uh, the US um, owners coming in. They've obviously changed manager a lot in the last 18 months, which isn't great in terms of your squad building because you've got a few different, you know, still got players that Corbrand liked in there. You've got people like Hogg that have been there for years. You've got um, summer signings under Neil Warnock. You've You've got um, you can have Darren Moore's players on top of that. So it's all a bit higgledy-biggledy. And that's why I think time is really important for Darren Moore because he needs to get an injection of quality in, in January, but then look to build because you can have players that are coming out of contract. And it's, I just feel like Huddersfield is definitely ready for the squad to kind of be ripped up and started again. And doing that while staying in the division is really important because trying to do that in League One is a thankless task. So I think Huddersfield... I personally, they've got one of the poorer squads in the league. I, I didn't think, I didn't tip them to go down at the start of the season. Uh, I had them just above and I kind of still think they'll finish in the bottom five. And if they can finish there, I think it's a decent season if they can continue to make steps to re rejuvenate that squad. They've got some exciting young players. You know, Diaria had a really good start to the season, didn't he? Um, Radoni's obviously been fantastic and has really kicked on this year. So if they can build around some of those, I think they've got some solid defenders in Helic. I think Matty Pearson's very good and we saw the impact he had when he came back from injury last season. Nichols has been at times the best goalkeeper in the championship and at times he's looked a little bit suspect. So I'm not sure where his form's going to level out, but he still should be good enough for this Huddersfield Town team. And you've got players like Sorba Thomas, Josh Caroma that can be match winners, but can also go missing for 10 games at a time. So it's it's an inconsistent squad and the better players are either quite young, quite old or inconsistent. So they haven't really got any like peak players that like Lewis O'Brien was, for example, before he got sold, where he's in that perfect mix where he's the perfect age and he's really leading the team every single week. So I don't really think that it's unrealistic to expect staying up is a good season for Huddersfield. But obviously, the fact you've given Darren Moore a three-year deal, there needs to be progression. So, in my opinion, as I've said already on the podcast, I would say try and get to the summer, stay in the championship, give him the summer to try and build and reconnect the club. Because he did do a very good job at that Sheffield Wednesday. He came into a fractured club that had just been relegated, wasn't playing the players in the summer, and still managed to to rebuild that club in, in a relatively short space of time. But this obviously feels longer when you're at the cold face of it and you're obviously getting beaten 4-0 at home to Cardiff. So I totally understand the fans' frustration, but I don't see a group of players that are necessarily underperforming in terms of the season so far. Of course, there's been games where that's been the case, but if we're looking at uh, you know, a bigger sample size, Huddersfield are probably about where everyone expected them to be, in my opinion. And so it's about giving Darren Muller time and the tools, crucially, to improve on that and gradually build themselves back up the table. Yeah, very well said. Uh, Tom, anything you want to add before we say goodbye to our listeners? Um, no, just uh, if you're going on Saturday, enjoy it, really. should be. It's always it's always an interesting away day hole I've found whenever I've been 
can can feel a bit rough, especially when you're. Uh... <laughs> I remember when I got the coach there once, and uh, we went past this pub, and was basically getting bricked. And the pub, the pub, pub beer garden even even had um, barbed wire around the top of the fence. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful place. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. We've always spoken about how much we love the deep aquarium. So, you know, maybe yeah. we can do it. Um, <laughs> no, that's great stuff. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll cut it there. But um, yeah, thanks to Elliot for coming on. Thanks to Tom. As always, thanks to you listeners for tuning in. And thanks to Magic Rock who sponsored this episode. Tom and I will be back. We've got an international break. So we'll be back to preview the game after that. So uh, hope you don't miss us too much. We will uh, chat to you then. Half, half an hour and up the town. So town play up and bring the car back to Huddersfield. Lads, what's your favourite ninetieth minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.